0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io.
1: And we're back for another episode of the Startup Hustle. This is your host today, Matt Watson. I'm excited to be joined by Jeff Munn, who's a professional coach. Uh, I'm going to use this as my safe space today, I think, to talk about all <laughs> sorts of problems that he's going to help me with, with my businesses. And for those who are listening, I'm sure he can help you too. But this is my moment. I'm ready for it. So I'm Free excited. Free coaching, Matt, as yes. much as you want. <laughs> um, before we get started, I do want to remind everybody that today's episode of The Startup Hustle is powered by FullSkill.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. FullSkill can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team visit fullskill.io to learn more. So to set the stage just a little more before we get started, Jeff, I think really what we want to talk about today is entrepreneurs, at some stage in the business, we really get right in the fucking way. I don't even know how else to describe it except that way. Like we get in the way, and if we would just get out of the way, things would be better, right? Like there's a, yeah. there's a place somewhere where that happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is there 100%. any other
1: better way to describe that? <sighs>
0: Well, I had a client, the, the way a client described it to me, uh, and we continue to work on it um, because it's not easy to, to do this letting go that you need to do. Um, he said, there is one thing getting in the way of this moving from a small business to a big business, and that thing is me. But how do you convince people of that? Yeah, that's, well, so even if you do convince them, um it's still hard to do. It's hard for them to let go. It's, it's hard, hard for them to, to let go because because when you think about the 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 trajectory of a startup, right? And I'm going to take the the classic, you know, uh college kid with a great idea, you know, starts a business in 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 her dorm room, okay? But you know, they 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 get some customers, they get some employees, they have to do everything at first and the, and the success or failure of the business hinges upon them because it's only them. And they get so used to doing everything that all they think about is, okay, if I want the business to succeed, I need to do more. I need to exert more control. I had a, a, a client come to me a few years ago saying, um, here's what I want to work on with you. I want better time management skills. I want better project management skills. I need to be able to stay on top of things. I have 30 employees, things are exploding. Um, and and I just need to find better systems to, and, and she kept using that term, stay on top of everything. And I said, that's not what you need at all. What you need is to hire good people and get out of their way.
1: Trust them. It's all it's it's a yeah. trust issue, right? Like it's a control right. and a trust issue, and and I think we get conditioned to it in the early stage of the company because we have to do all these things, and then yeah, we, it's feel life like or we, death. we feel like we delegate something to somebody, and they don't do it quite as well as we want to, and then we pull that thing right. back, and we want to keep doing it right. And somebody once told me, and actually maybe it was you when we talked before, was if if you can hire somebody and they will do the job as. 80% as good as you did or as good as you want, that's a huge right. win. Just 80%. Oh, yeah. Like it's never going to be 100. If you can right. tell yourself 80% is a huge win, then it's a mm-hmm. lot easier to let go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was talking with one of my clients yesterday and he has—he said, I have this huge problem with good enough. So for him, the thing that gets in the way is um, that extra 20%. Well, what if we could just make it 90? What if we could just make it 90 90- Eight, um, and that's the thing that gets in the way. But it, but if you know, you think about that eighty percent, and and the the other possibility, which uh, is more likely than people want to admit to themselves, is that that person that you find is actually going to do a better job than you. Yeah, <laughs> ideally they will. Like especially if you're, I'm, I'm hiring a finance person, I'm hiring a salesperson, I'm hiring a prod you know, a, a product person, um, they should be able to do that part of the business better than you.
1: As long as you empower them to do so, right? Like that's the exactly.
0: challenge yeah. is
1: you've, you've got to empower them to do so. And you can't expect them to start the first day and be perfect at it, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. come in, you get your feet wet, you you start doing some stuff. And then really what you got to hope for, or at least, you know, from my perspective is I just want to see progress. I want to see progress every week. Are we getting better at this thing? And, but the problem is most people, they expect perfection right away, which you're never going to get. And, and you've got to just foster that um, environment to allow them to, to continue to build that progress and improve.
0: It it does take um it takes a willingness to do the the groundwork, the foundation setting. Right. And, and 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 I I I often talk about it in terms of expectations versus agreements. So Matt, you may bring someone in and you may have I was like, well, this person is a is a you know, let's make up a finance person. So I I have these expectations that this is what they know. And they're going to run with the ball and they're going to make my organization, you know, more financially uh, effective, more cost effective, all these things. But unless you sit down and and make explicit agreements with that person about not necessarily how to do their job, but what your goals are for that person. Right. Yes. They're going to flounder. And then you're going to think well, who's this idiot? And then it's going to prove to yourself that there aren't good people out there and that you have to do it yourself. And what you don't see is that you actually caused it.
1: Well, and I've seen this firsthand, right? You you hire somebody that has experience in leadership before, you know, director, VP, whatever. You bring them in. You think, oh, they have the playbook. They have the history. They've done these things before. They can help me figure out how to do whatever it is, sales, marketing, development, whatever it is. Right. But then as you described, right, if you don't work very closely with them, then they just start going and doing stuff. And if you don't support them and then eventually what happens is you get frustrated with them. You're like, well, why didn't you do this thing? And it's like, Uh well, I've tried to schedule meetings with you. I've tried to talk about what what the goals are and how we want to do this and all these different things. He's like, but you don't collaborate with me. Right? Right. And so then the problem is, like you described, then the business owner eventually gets very frustrated with this person because they haven't accomplished the goals, but they haven't supported them to accomplish any of the goals. Right. Like, as you said, like, I have seen that happen many times actually. And, but, but what do you do about that? Because ultimately it's the business owners, the problem, like they're not fostering the the support that these people need.
0: Uh, What do I do about it as a coach is I call them out on it. Um, but but another thing, and, and it's some of the more upstream work that I do, is um, most people, it, like I'm going to go a little woo-woo on you, but I think it's important because I think there's a lot of leverage in this insight. Um, you know, each one of us is living in a reality that we are creating in our own heads. Yes. And we treat it as if it is real and objective and outside of us. And it's really just our own stories and experiences projected onto the stuff that's happening to us. And, and when we see that about ourselves, then we get really, then we realize, Oh wait, I'm, I'm living in my own reality. Matt's living in his own reality. I don't know what he's bringing to this conversation. I better be curious and ask. And so when we can operate from that place of we're just both curious about where this meeting place is in between us where we agree, oh, these are the three objectives we're working on. And I have some ideas around how you might do that. And you have some ideas around how you might do that. And I'm not automatically thinking I'm right. And anything that disagrees with me is not right. It's more like, oh, this is a this is a conversation this is something we're creating together and it just it just takes a lot of the energy out of it it just changes the tone of the conversation.
1: But do you think there are some people that struggle with planning and detail work that it's hard to get them to stop and like do that or if they do it then they don't they don't follow through with any of it the next day. Um yes. is it more the latter?
0: Yeah. Um <laughs> Well, everybody's got, we've all got these little, uh, automatic programs that are running that we don't recognize as automatic programs. Mm-hmm. So one of mine is, um, if I'm not careful, I just start doing shit to be doing shit.
1: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: And typically... I'll notice now, after a few days of this, that I'm kind of feeling exhausted. I'm kind of feeling stressed. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Is this just activity for activity's sake, or or am I actually being purposeful? And then I'll catch myself, and then I'll think about, okay, what's what's if I can if I can let myself quiet down a little bit, if I can let myself settle a little bit, it'll become obvious instead of here's a list of 25 things to do go do them that there's one thing that's really key to do next and if i do that then the next thing will appear and so on and so on and so on
1: so go- going back to kind of where we started earlier about control yeah. and yeah. what what are you know i see i've seen this a lot of times where you've got somebody the company gets to a certain size, right? It's like, hey, we have 50 employees now or whatever it is. It's yeah. not the same company anymore, right? And right. it's like, they've got to hire, they've got to delegate, they've got to give up control. You know, what, where do you see those? What, what are some of the more problems you see around that area where, you know, you get to that stage, you're like, I, I got to get out of the way. And I'm, mm-hmm. know, me being in control is actually the problem
0: uh I'm say that a little because I, I thought I had your question then I lost it so.
1: what what are yeah what are some of the other like problems and people that uh things you have to coach people on in those situations It's like you know you need to give up control so that your company can grow
0: um how do i what are the different ways to get them to give that up, or what are the uh side effects of that not giving up control well,
1: how do you coach them on those issues like yeah what, well convincing them like you've got to do this like
0: one is this idea that they as as much as they would like to think that they have they are all seeing and all knowing they are not (laughs) um you know that that bringing in someone with a different perspective and a different type of expertise could be really helpful to them um part of it is just uh and and they will throw out excuses, right? It's like, yeah, I know, I know. But, it, you know, we're really busy right now and I just got to get through XYZ and then, and then I can find that finance person or that salesperson or whatever. But, you know, and the thing is things, when you're in that mode of I need to do it all, um, things show up to do. And and I think another interesting interesting maybe flip on this.
1: Do you, do you feel like a lot of it is they make excuses for it, right? They're like, "Well, I need to hire this person or I need to fire this person." And a lot of it is comes back to excuses like
0: you mentioned. Yeah, it's it, it's excuses in the service of a story that I'm essential to the business. So, um if I can't find if I'm convinced I can't find good people, you know, there may be a story behind that, that, you know, this is my baby. This is the the critical, um, you know, I'm the only one who can figure this out. And I remembered what I was going to say before. So when you, you, when you think about the reward system in our brain, uh, we can get all kinds of little dopamine hits when we do tasks that we know how to do and do a lot of them. And so you think about the classic, uh, business owner who's trying to manage his way or her way through a crisis, you know, they can go fight fires and get this nice little dopamine hit and feel like they did something. But the thing that they should be doing at that stage of the business, you know, that scaling stage, you're bringing in experts, you're bringing in people in the different silos. um, They should be thinking about the longer term questions that don't have clear answers. And your brain will do anything it can to avoid that because it's uncomfortable. I
1: think you just nailed a big part of the problem, right? It's it's easy to do the busy work like, hey, I send this email. I did this follow up. I wrote a social media post. I edited the website. I, I do all these little things, right, that make right. it like we're right. making progress. But uh-huh. yeah, you're you just nailed it. It's like, but as a leader, I really should be training people. I should be hiring people. I should be mentoring. I should, I should be firing strategy. People. Like all these higher level things that require a lot more kind of emotional work and and strategy and stuff instead of like these little tactical things. But you do little tactical things and it feels good.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, I got got my little fire fought for today. I got 12 things off my to-do list but I didn't have that uncomfortable super, uh, you know, uh, call with that supervisor of half my business who is really struggling right now. And I need to let him go, but I can't bring myself to do it. So how do you coach? So how do you coach people through that? Um, ideally I get them to, I I just did this today. Uh, so it's, it's kind of fresh in my mind about two hours ago. Um, So he's going to be out of town next week. Normally I meet with people, you know, three times a month, say. Um, and, And so we would normally be meeting next week. He's going to be out of town, but we're meeting the week after. And I had him make a commitment to me that he would have a conversation with this person before we met the next time. And that then we would debrief in that session. Now, if he doesn't have it again, there's material in that. Where, where is the resistance? What's the discomfort? For him, it turned out that he, he shies away from feedback conversations because in his history, in his family history, anytime anyone wanted to have a conversation with you about anything, things went south really fast. So he associates those conversations with, you know, I, I'm going to make it worse and the person's going to leave. He, he literally hasn't been wired to have positive feet, like have a, have a conversation that's about good and bad. Like you're doing all, all these things great. You're struggling with this, with this part and I'm here to support you and I know you can do it and I know we can mm-hmm. make this work together. Mm-hmm. It's not really part of his his management vocabulary right now.
1: Well, and most people you hear this a lot they have some sort of issue from their not really issue but something about their childhood or whatever right that has shaped them in different ways yeah and and that manifests it manifests itself in a lot of different ways right like my wife has a, a lot of issues with making decisions and confidence and stuff like that but it's Mm -hmm. because wouldn't allow her to do any of those things right Uh yeah and then you know i have my own my own issues i think from some trauma that happened with my uh with my stepdad when i was like 10 years old that i think still sticks with me but everybody has like these weird different things i think shapes their personality in weird ways and a lot of us don't even they it's invisible to us most of the time
0: yeah Yeah. i mean i you know i'm uh I just turned fifty eight and I'm still learning these things right i mean i just in the last year I realized oh when I was growing up and my my dad passed away a long time ago um like thirty five years ago this year but um when I was growing up, you know my dad got along with everybody he was um he was the homecoming king, he was super popular, I was not any of those things but um but I realized the downside of that is that my dad would just kind of go along with people to get along and not really talk about what he actually wanted until it just got so frustrating for him, he blew up. And and, and that was like, I figured out relatively recently, it's like, oh, that's in me too. Like just the idea of having a conversation with someone and saying, this is what I would like without anything on it, it, it wasn't even avail- available to me as a possibility. I had to get really mad before I ever like wanted something from somebody. Mm-hmm.
1: So you, I mean, do you feel like part of your coaching that you do is trying to under, un- uncover some of these issues for people, like trying to figure out some of this, like, cause it, it taints yeah. their are professional issues that they have?
0: Definitely. And, 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 and the way that, you know, if you, if you want to uh, look for this in yourself is like, you know, cause it's really hard to see this in ourselves, but, but if there is something that you want to do and that, you know, you should do, maybe it's a difficult conversation, maybe it's a hiring decision, could be anything. um, But you just don't seem to be able to do it the chances are very good that what's getting in your way is something something historical that you mm-hmm. haven't really quite looked into that you haven't quite uncovered and even when you see it it can it can still be kind of tricky and 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 sometimes the only clue is that something's going on um you know, uh, early in my coaching career, I would notice this tightness in my stomach. Like we'd get to something really juicy, Matt, and I'd see something in you. And it was like, oh, I don't know if I can say that. That feels really uncomfortable. And the reason I would know that is because of this tightness in my stomach. And then I started experimenting with, well, what happens if that tightness in my stomach, what if I treat that as this is a sign you really should say this and just see what happens. And I found that as I use that as a barometer for myself, like, oh, here's a here's a sign here's a sign you should say this difficult thing. Let's see what happens. At least 9 times out of 10, I got a response like I'm so glad you said that. I think you're right. I really struggle with that. Thanks so much for pointing that out to me. It was it was like incredibly encouraging. And so I developed this positive association with it. And then it just went away. And then I just said what was on my mind.
1: Well, I, so you bring up something that I really believe in. And before we get to that, I do want to remind everybody that finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult especially when you visit fullskill.io where you can build a software team quickly and affordably use the full skill platform to define your technical needs. And then uh, you can see what developers are available today to join your team, visit fullskill.io to learn more. I think to me, our bodies physically are way ahead of us mentally. Right. And oh, yeah. it's like your gut instincts are almost always right. Or they're telling you things that you're, you're, you know, your mind is not necessarily agreeing with, right? And this especially goes true with like relationships. Like, you know, like you're in a relationship, like, you know, with your wife, your spouse, whoever, whatever, and like you're depressed, or you you know, you start having all these 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 things that are that are happening to you, physical symptoms that are because you're, you know, having issues with your relationships, but it's like you're denying the fact that you have those issues, but your body is telling you that you do, right? Like it's right. crazy
0: how that works, I believe. Is there a story you'd like to tell us there, Matt? <laughs> uh,
1: you know, I got divorced, and you know, happily I remarried have di- now. But yeah, I've
0: been divorced and am happily remarried as well, so I can I can relate to some of those. Yeah, I I I was the last person to know how miserable I was in my yes.
1: marriage. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I think yeah. yeah. I told my mom I was like, oh, I'm getting a divorce. She's like, Thank God you finally figured it out. And I'm like, Well. You know, you could have beat me up about this before, but yeah, we, but I think it relates to our professional too, right? Like we walk around every day and we're not necessarily happy. Like we know we need to do some of these things, right? But Mm -hmm. we just still struggle to do them. Like we're in denial that, that, that we have these issues and, and I'm sure that's, that's gotta be a big part of what you do is kind of unpacking that with people, right? Is getting them to realize like, oh, you really need to take care of all these problems and getting them to figure out what the problems are.
0: Well, and just the way someone says something, you, you know, like, yeah, I'm really happy. Like you don't really. Bullshit. Yeah. You know, I'm not (laughs) sure about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And just um, helping someone to be honest with themselves can be really powerful.
1: So. As you talk to people, do you see the same kind of patterns a lot of times? Like you talk to me for five minutes, you're like, oh, this guy is just like so-and-so, or
0: like similar sorts of... Is there patterns to a lot of this? There are, and they show up in lots of different ways. I think that's the... That maybe is the art to it, is to see... the have different symptoms. Um, how, it, how it is showing... It, well, it's kind of two levels. One is that I need to be able to see the pattern and depending on the person that can take a while. And then, but then the second piece is can I show that to the person in a way that they actually get it Yeah. instead of just, well, it sounds like you're blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but they don't really, it's just information to them instead of this, oh, I didn't see that before I was, I was working with, um, uh, a a client who, uh, was talking about, um, her own management style and she tends to work very hard and she said something and I, and Matt, I, I honestly don't remember the exact words that she said. It was something like, yeah, I know they're getting, that's Uh, lots of stuff done but that doesn't really count does it or something like that and it was like it was like she was saying that anything the business got done that didn't involve her she wasn't giving herself any credit for and 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 therefore she had to do everything and i pointed that i said so you don't you don't give yourself any credit when your team gets something done. And and she hadn't ever seen that before. It's like, oh, wow, there's a lot there, isn't there? And I know when I get like that kind of stop you in your tracks reaction. Right. That, that someone has seen something.
1: So when, when people meet with you, are they usually pretty open-minded about trying to improve their issues or are they still kind of defensive about it and like you have to beat down those walls a little bit? to get them to see these things or by the time they get to you, they're they're de- like, okay, I know I need help. Help me.
0: It, it depends on the, it depends on the topic. Ideally. Yeah. Cause everyone has stuff they're willing to address and stuff. they right. Aren't quite ready to address. Yeah. But, um, most of the time now, uh, someone is coming to me because someone referred them to me and they were actively looking for coaching cause they know something wasn't working right. Like they were totally stressed out. They were totally exhausted. They were in that kind of, um, I don't think I can manage. You know that that phase we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation, right? I just I just can't manage anymore. And I and the business has to grow, and I don't know how to do it. And it ha- they it hasn't even occurred to them that there's this other way, but they know there's another way, and so they're they're open to hearing about that, even if they don't know what it is. They're, so they're kind of like give they've given up like like just just help me i'm 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 about i'm dying here so how often are they receptive
1: to it though do they, i mean <laughs> how often do you think this stuff sticks like you help them work through some of these issues how often do you think the results of that help like stick with them and they
0: actually makes a change um if they see it and apply it it sticks and they don't go back because they see it works better it's, it's it's um the resistance is in the initial implementation because of that discomfort that wiring that thing getting in the way that they don't see about you know how their father treated them or whatever mm-hmm. um, if they can get through that and and onto the other side of that and begin to play with other possibilities and see that they work and are powerful there there's no there's no uh regression after that, you think it's about getting them to create new habits um yeah it well, so some of it is habits that's that's really interesting um and i'll and I'll throw out an example that a coach used with me. Um, do you need to get into the habit of not touching a hot stove? No, no because you see immediately that it's really helpful not to touch a hot stove. Like you you touch a hot stove, you're like, "Whoa, never do that again." Well, you have a positive experience one of these with one of these things as opposed to the negative experience that you've had trying to control everything. I mean, yeah, some of it's habit, but a lot of it is just seeing, "Oh, wow, this really works. I'd much rather do that than this." But some of it, like in that example, I think
1: this is what scars us from our childhood, right? Is like, okay, we burnt ourselves on the stove and now we refuse to use a stove. We refuse Mm -hmm. to walk by it. We refuse to talk about it, right? Like those are the things you're unpacking from childhood, right? And I think that- Like a
0: stove can be useful, right? Yeah, 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 Yeah. Yeah. Here's how to use a stove and to use it well.
1: But I and think those make, are. And then
0: you make an omelet and it was really good. Yeah. You're going to be inclined to use the stove again.
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh, th- I mean, those are the kinds of things that, that, that are scar us, you know, or shape us from our childhood. Right. And so I'll give you 100%. an example of, of one I think that, uh, that impacts me is I've never been like a super emotional person. So I was like, even when I was five, like you could tell me that I got Christmas presents. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm not, I'm a pretty even tempered emotional person. But, um, I'm pretty sure when I was like around 10 or 11, uh, my stepfather used to beat the shit out of my mom and Uh. he got like multiple DUIs and he took, um, he took an ax to his truck, like literally took an ax to his truck and like smashed up, like smashed up his own truck, took an ax to the house, put holes in the wall, like all sorts of crazy shit. And this went on for months. And you know sitting here today it kind of dawned on me one day because i'm the kind of person that you could tell me the building is on fire and i it would not phase me and mm-hmm. i think for me i think some of it probably goes back to that like i've been almost desensitized to like horror, horror horror going on around me that it doesn't phase me i'm like i'm totally unemotional to it and to me i feel like it probably comes back to the those situations that i had to live through
0: I'm really sorry. Um, that's awful. Yeah. (laughs) And, and I wonder, I I wonder if there's, I'm at peace with it. It's no big deal, but no. And I appreciate that. And you're, you've definitely got a level of peace just being willing to share it. Right. Um, and I, I I am sharing this because I, I had a client, um, who, uh, it it didn't involve an axe. It involved a pair of scissors. Okay. He was like five years old. And he had a pair of scissors and he was hiding under the dining room table and he found a, a lamp and he decided... Um, You know, he had taken the lamp underneath the the dining room table and he kind of knew that he was doing something he shouldn't be doing. But, you know, he was a kid. He was experimenting and he thought, I wonder what will happen if I cut up the lampshade with the scissors. And his father found him. And immediately, you know, just blew up, didn't hit him or anything, but just blew up and. Grabbed his wrist took it took him to um you know the five it took him to his room grabbed his favorite toy and destroyed it in front of the kid's eyes and so what he took from that was and this took some unpacking it was like because he was having trouble he was having trouble giving feedback and um, and what he what he seems to have internalized from that is if i don't keep control of my emotions if i get mad people will destroy my shit okay cuz that's literally what happened to him and i wonder if for you you're you've absorbed this message like if i lose control i may destroy my own shit you know like bad things happen when you lose control so i better stay right. in control
1: right Yeah, it's it's weird, man. No idea how you know all those past things affect us. It's fascinating, but they definitely do. They absolutely do. We come up
0: with these unconscious rules for life because that's what we're trying to figure out. Yeah, we're all defense. Like, how do I stay safe? Yeah, I have this thing called life. I'm this vulnerable little kid. Um, you know, I I have to have uh, people who will take care of me and feed me and all this. Like, I need to navigate that, and so I develop these rules around how to do that.
1: And so to, to bring it full circle, right, like these sort of things in our past affect us in our, you know, all, all, um, all facets of our, our personal life, but also in our professional life, right? And so as entrepreneurs, no doubt it, it, it limits our ability to do something, right? Something right. or another, you know, gets impacted by these sort of things. So what other, what other kinds of suggestions and, and tips you have for entrepreneurs that are running a business and they're feeling like, this business has outgrown me or I'm, I, I'm, I know I'm the roadblock, you know, in this business. Like, what are the kinds of, of tips do you have? Um,
0: I mean, my first tip was get a coach, but something <laughs> a little less self-serving than that. Like, um, find someone who you can, re- you can trust who you can, re- you know, bounce things off of, preferably someone outside the business, because as the, you know as the as the ceo of a business as the founder of a business um it's really hard to get people in the business to tell you the truth yeah um so someone uh you know like i mean i know clients who've had really good success with ypo uh with vistage with some kind of peer group where you're you're in a room with people kind of in similar situations um getting outside professional help can can be Um, you know, talk to your accountant, to your bookkeeper, to, you know, that kind of, sometimes your lawyer, I mean, it depends on the situation, but an an outside perspective can be really helpful. Sometimes it's just to validate, yeah, you're at a really difficult stage right now. Sometimes it's, yeah, this, this is a person who's had experience with 10 different businesses instead of just yours. And they can see, what you're not seeing i think I think that's the most valuable thing is like try to get out outside of your own head and see the set of facts from a different perspective
1: so I hundred percent agree with you you you've got to have people that you can. Uh, network with, relate with, stuff like that, especially as as an entrepreneur and a business owner, because, you know, hanging out with your mom and dad and sister and brother (laughs) are probably not going to help from that perspective. Right. Well do did you get a real job, Matt? Yeah. I, I tried something new this week that I don't know if you've heard of that I thought went really cool. Was this thing called Lunch Club. Have you heard of Lunch Club? No. Tell me about Lunch Club. I had never heard of this. This is not like a sponsored plug or something. Uh, mm-hmm. it's some website you go to and you sign up and basically once a week you meet with a random person. Uh-huh. And, uh, it matched me up with another entrepreneur who was super cool guy. And I talked to him for like 45 minutes and, you know, it was, it was great. We, we had some similar, a lot of similar, yeah, um, you know, a lot of interests that were similar and, you know, different things uh-huh. about startups, entrepreneurship, and all this stuff. It was a great conversation. Like just what we're talking about, right. Having somebody that yeah. you can bounce ideas off and like relate to all these things. And, um so I think that's another one to add to your list of suggestions. I uh, lunch club was actually pretty cool and I'm going to keep doing it. I liked it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm thinking about so um so there's an upside to those kinds of things. And like anything, there's a down there's a potential downside and the potential downside is if you begin to reinforce and buy into each other's stories and create yourselves as victims, and woe is me, and you're right, people do suck, and you're right, it is really hard to find. I mean, that's just not helpful. Like anything that you can do to recognize you're the one creating all of this, and you have the power to uncreate it or to create it differently, depending on how you show up in the situation. I mean, that's incredible. When, when people really get that about themselves and begin to get past some of that History and you know those the the history has kind of built these walls around us, and we're, it's very hard to kind of poke through those walls and see that they're actually not real, right? But once we do, then it's like then we can do whatever is called for. Then we're free, and that's amazing.
1: Well, and you think some people when they network, even though they talk to people and bounce ideas off with them, they almost use it as a way to validate their own echo chamber.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, people suck, don't they? Yeah, I can't find so and so. Right, and then then they
1: feel more confident in their decisions, but they're they're basically asking people to agree with them.
0: Yeah, and 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 we do have these, um, and some people aren't nice enough to disagree. That's the problem too. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> That's and a big and, and sometimes you actually do agree, and most people we write these stories. We write these stories about ourselves and about the world to keep us small and comfortable. And if we can find confirmation of that, we will keep ourselves small and comfortable. But if we if we want, and this is what I love about the entrepreneurial mindset, is you're already starting from this challenge of that. You're already starting from this, yeah, I don't think I want to be living inside a box in a corporate org chart. I think there's more to life than that, and I think I have a way of doing something different that might actually work and serve people. I mean, that's already a big leap compared with, you know, 99% of the population.
1: I don't know how anybody lives in that box in the corporate world, by the way. I don't know how they do it. They God do it cuz
0: if they do it cuz it looks safe. Yeah. <laughs> And I can tell you, having been laid off a couple of times in my career, um, it's not. It's an illusion.
1: Yeah. Well, if you do need to hire software developers, Full Scale can help. We have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions on our platform, match you up to our team of fully vetted, highly experienced software engineers. At FullScale, we specialize in building a long-term team that works only for you, Learn more when you visit fullscale.io. Well, Jeff, this has been, has been an awesome conversation and i um, so glad you were on the show today. Um, if people want to reach you, your website is jmunn.com, jmun, right? And yeah. they can find you mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, Jeff Munn, yep. anywhere else. Are you on TikTok? Else I'm not
0: on TikTok. Oh. Uh, I I do have a very small but growing YouTube channel. Um, okay. but you can get you can get to the video content through my uh, LinkedIn. Um, I put out videos every week on topics like this. I write a lot on topics like this. I'm in the. I mean, a lot of my work um, to this point has been one-on-one coaching work with with um, primarily founders. Um, I'm in the process of putting together. Groups of similarly situated founders. So, if you have any uh-huh. interest in talking about that, I think the the group environment, because of that similar situation, and 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 I mean, I've been part of group coaching situations, both as a as a coach and as a participant, where you know the the person the person next to you, it, it, you know, metaphorically next to you in the Zoom room, right, is asking the question that you're gonna be dealing with in a month and you just don't know it. Yeah. So it's like, it's incredibly valuable. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, you can you can also find me by the way, on TikTok and Reels and everywhere else, Matt Watson. I post da- I daily videos about
0: entrepreneurship and stuff, so. Yeah, I've seen was, some of your videos, they're awesome.
1: I, thank you, I was posting it on LinkedIn, but I think I figured out LinkedIn doesn't really care for video that much, so I'm not gonna post videos on there. They're
0: don't yeah it's it's almost like you're punished for putting video up on linkedin it's bizarre
1: yep i've been punished the last two months so <laughs> and you're a quick you're, learner you're gonna have to join me on tiktok and youtube and everything else instead but yeah um yeah. so as we as we finish up the episode today do you have any any final tips or words of wisdom for entrepreneurs out there
0: i think i just want to go back to that you know if a, a lot of people come to me and and explicitly say something like I want to see my blind spots because they recognize something is getting in the way but they can't quite see it yet and 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 this goes back to the point that you made Matt about how intelligent our bodies are mm-hmm. and if you notice some weird sensation that comes up like like just beginning to observe patterns in yourself and it's like well, I really wanted to have that conversation, but, you know, and and you notice there was a tightness in your chest or a tightness in your throat or something, like notice that, begin to explore it. It's kind of hard to do on your own, um, but doing it with someone else where it's like, oh yeah, I remember that takes me back to uh, when my aunt got mad at my uncle and blah, blah, blah happened. I mean, you'd be surprised if you really look just at the physical sensation, how often you'll almost have this little flashback quality. And yeah. that can be the beginning of unlocking some of that stuff.
1: All right. Well, thank you again so much for being on our show. And again, everybody yeah, loved Jeff, it. Jeff Munn, uh, M-U-N-N, and find him on LinkedIn, everywhere else. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Great talking with you, Matt.
0: Thanks. Take care.